What's up, y'all? This is John and Mike, back for another episode of the Nothing Finer Podcast. Once again, we are live on Millions.co. Check us out there. Before we get to the rest of the show, we want to remind y'all about the insane promo going on through BetUS. If you use our link, you get a 125% bonus and 30 risk-free bets. Make some money with us this week. As always, Sunday night shows, we are talking about everything that happened in week three. Um, There's actually a lot, I think, that went on this week. Um, So it'll be a fun show. But before we get to that, how was your weekend and what are you drinking? Weekend was good. My my son Lincoln had his first uh, tackle football game this week. And um, I found out on the way to some of the family stuff we were doing today that he's on an 8U team. And apparently... And all the the mix up, it, it was you know Chatham County is always kind of a cluster just with everything that happens in this area. But when uh, we finally got to our actual location after going to like three different places, uh, um, it turned like the, the team we played were like they were huge, like they're a lot bigger than like a normal eight year old. Turns out when we were driving to where we were going today, uh, my wife said that turns out we were playing a ten U team and not an eight U team. What? Why? I, I I don't know. They were also the Eagles, but they were the Garden City ones, and we were uh, at Richmond Hill, and it, that makes a lot of sense as to why they were so much bigger. I mean, you know, areas are different, all that. You know, you can kind of, you know, jump to conclusions about why that would be the case, but they were exceptionally bigger, and that's why, because some of most of them were 10 years old, and we had, you know, six, seven, eight-year-olds on our team. So, that's hey, you know what? Safe. They... You, you know what? Credit to them, uh, to uh, to my Eagles, my uh, Lincoln's Eagles. They only lost twenty eight nothing. And and um, last uh, I'm sorry, in the fourth quarter, last uh, drive or two, they finally put Lincoln in at a defensive tackle and defensive end, kind of switched him up, and he was bodying kids again, kids that are you know, year or two, two older than him. Yeah, significantly uh, larger than him. The boy that, uh, like, the very last play of the game, he tackled. He did a solo tackle on this boy. Um, he's not too much smaller than me, to be honest. He's probably, I mean, I'm about six foot, six one, whatever. This kid's probably like five six, and he took him on one on one and knocked him by himself, tackled him. It was beautiful. But um, so did yeah. did Lincoln get the uh, ice creams for winners talk on Saturday? No, I mean he he um I was really proud of him. Now the rest of the team again now going into it there's a reason why they got their ass kicked as bad as they did, but fair. Going going forward um especially playing teams that are in his actual area. Next weekend we have to go to like Hardyville for a game. Which is Which nuts. is ins- that's not even Chatham County. Well, no, that's neither was this. State. So <laughs> it it makes no sense. Next Saturday we're going to Hardyville. Um, but tomorrow's game is in Richmond Hill, where his team is based out of. So, go figure. That just makes absolutely absolutely no sense. Did not know that going into this, how much of a uh, time commitment this would be, and apparently travel. But um, here we are. <laughs> how, uh, anyway, um, I'm not drinking anything uh, except some uh, diet Arnold Palmer. How about you? 
So, I got my hands on another six-pack of uh, Southern Brewing's Nothing Finer in the Land IPA. Ooh. So, I am drinking one of those. How, but, how is um, it? I, you're about to hear me crack it. Haven't even cracked it yet. I am a little disappointed they never got back to us, um, like they said mm. they would. Oh, hmm. There's another, there's another, uh, there's another store that said they would, and then I never heard anything back either. So I won't, I won't shame them publicly quite yet. No, nah, we'll, we'll work on it with Southern Brewing. I, I actually used to do their, uh, fire sprinkler work. So mm -hmm. I've got the owner's business card laying around here somewhere. Oh, um, weekend for me. Uh, I spent yesterday at a tailgate hanging out with Will Ogburn. Came to his first Georgia game yesterday. Um, so it was his fault for the uh, sluggish first half. I don't. I don't even know. Um, Sorry. <laughs> oh, that that was rough. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, and I don't know how well you could see it on TV because I haven't gone back and rewatched the game yet. Um, but it was raining. Like not not sprinkling. It was raining. Mm -hmm. and it you, was yeah you could definitely you could tell like once you said it in the uh, in the group chat it was definitely noticeable yeah it kind of sucked mm -hmm. um mainly because i'm too stubborn and uh cynical about the weather to check it anymore before games because sometimes mm -hmm. it'll say 78 and cloudy and be 95 and sunny sometimes it'll say 90 and raining and it's 75 and sunny. So you never know. Yeah, true. Um, and then we get to the tailgate and it starts raining. And I'm like, hmm, maybe it'll pass. I'm not going to look at it. Mm -hmm. It rained pretty much all day with like 10, 15 minute intervals of not rain. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, wasn't it wasn't great? I'd say that. Yeah. <laughs> well... We ultimately got the result that we really needed, so it is what it is. Um, early review on this nothing finer in the land IPA. It's pretty good. It's not. It's like a lighter IPA. It's not mm -hmm. one of those that like overwhelms you with like, hey, here's some hops. You're gonna regret this. <laughs> it's not too hoppy. Yeah. I will go. say Southern Brewing 7 a.m. lager is my favorite tailgate beer because yeah. I actually talked to uh, I talked to the owner about it at one point and he said he got tired of tailgating and drinking like heavy gross tasting beers in the morning before a game so he wanted something that wasn't gross to drink in the morning which is why it's called 7 a.m. That uh, makes a lot of sense. It's one of one of my favorite beers to drink, actually, and I'm not really a big beer guy. No, I'll always take a seven a.m. That's normal. I try to find it around here, and there's only like one or two places you can find it. But hmm. if I'm ever planning on going fishing, or on the boat like we did last summer, um, mm -hmm. I got a couple seven a.m.s with me. That sounds good. I'll I'll look out for that next time I'm up there in that area. All right. Georgia, South Carolina, as we know, Georgia won this game 24-14. to 14. 
South Carolina scored twice in the first half, not again for the rest of the game. Shout out to the defense on that second half performance. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go on a little bit of a rant here. Um, go I'm off, sure, King. I'm sure people that have listened to us since last season have kind of been waiting on this because I, you know, tried to be sunshine and rainbows for the first few weeks. Um, but I'm off. I'm off of the gaslighting everyone, including myself, into thinking that this version of the Georgia offense is good enough. It just is not close to good enough with the plays that have been called so far. Yes, there's been a lack of execution, but the lack of execution does not excuse the same five or six plays being called every play, every drive, over and over and over again. Getting nowhere, because for the first three quarters of every game, the safeties are playing seven yards off the line of scrimmage, thinking Carson Beck can't beat us, and then it takes a deficit or only being up 10-3 to 3 on a max school for the offense to attempt to take any shots downfield. The wildest thing to me is that everyone, literally everyone, I've had seven concussions. I don't remember what I had for breakfast this morning. But I can tell you the best ways to get safety is to stop playing seven yards off the line of scrimmage. You take deep shots, right? Yep. Like you throw the ball further than seven yards downfield. Am, am I right? Am, I mean, yeah, I, it makes that makes too much sense to me. Do you know the first time in this game that a pass of twenty plus yards was completed for Georgia? Yeah, had to be third quarter, right? Yep, third play of the third quarter. Jesus. They did not attempt. A pass of more than 20 yards until the third quarter. Do you think that's by design, or do you think Carson's too, uh, he's he's being too cautious and not wanting to pull the trigger? He doesn't have an opportunity. Yeah. Because they're not taking deep shots early, like first play of the game at this point should be a deep shot. Scare the defense. Even if Carson gets hit as he's throwing, sling the ball 30 yards downfield out of bounds. Mm-hmm. Towards the receiver. Yeah, something. Something. Make them especially take... the especially oh, against wow. these teams that you that you have a you know obviously I mean pretty much anybody that George is going to play they're going to have a advantage uh, athletically again on pretty much everybody especially on the the rest of this schedule until yes. you get to the uh, SEC championship assuming like um, you know knock on wood they get that far you have the advantage on everybody everybody yeah. do it yeah. go for it it is. Absolutely unacceptable that the first attempted pass of 20-plus yards was the third play in the second half. Mm. Like, I don't care who you're playing. I don't care if you can run for 10 yards of carry on that team. That is absolutely unacceptable, especially when the safeties are starting the game seven yards off the line of scrimmage. Yeah, they know that they're not going for that. That's that's the time to do it. Well, South Car- Shane Beamer came out in a press conference last week and said, we don't think Carson Beck can beat us. We're going to force him to do it. Mm. Well, he was right the first half. Yeah. yeah. He was definitely right for most of the game. Yeah. And once again, offensive line didn't look great. Uh, a, a line that we all kind of expected to be part of that Joe Moore Award conversation, even though Michigan's going to win it again. 
Although they didn't look they didn't look that great against Bowling Green, but they don't look great against half the game half the teams they play every year and they win the award. It just is what it is. It it is. <laughs> but, you know, and I'm I nothing I say in this is to throw shade at any individual player. I think a lot of these guys, especially yesterday, were put into positions that they could not excel in. Mm-hmm. For example, Xavier Truss. I'm I, he does not fit at guard. He just no. doesn't. Mm-mm. I'm sorry. He got blown off the ball multiple times playing guard. Then Amarius Mims went down, and he played twice a better right tackle than he ever has a guard. And Mims had a walking boot on at the end there. Yeah. Like, and the guy that came in for uh, Truss at left guard wasn't even the same guy that came in a couple weeks ago. And still right. played better. Like, at what point are they just going to realize, hey, everything we have done so far on the offensive side of the ball, dog poop. Dog poop. Yeah. Let's, mm-hmm. let's, everything we have done, let's not do it anymore. Yeah. Throw it out. Scrap it. It's, it's, ugh. it, it's been painful to watch. I mean, I, we had kind of talked about it before a little bit, but this is given like early 2017 or, you know, most like 2019 vibes on offense. And it's not a place you, where you want to be. No. So I just looked it up. Dylan Fairchild played left guard after Xavier Truss went to right tackle. Mm-hmm. That is the only time Georgia started moving the ball effectively. Yeah. What point in the game was that? I don't remember off the top of my head. Um, I want to say it was late second quarter, early third. Okay. I don't remember that, 100%. But, but that makes ironically, sense. where did Georgia get most of their big running plays in the second half? Right side. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. Like, hey, Xavier Truss, you're six foot seven, have a six foot ten wingspan. And you're 350 pounds. Mm-hmm. Go move that guy. Go do that Darnell position. Yes. <laughs> that, yes. you know, with obviously not catching it. Yeah. That's and how it works. Ca- Cash Jones, big run. Right mm-hmm. side. One yep. of Dajan's big runs. Right side. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Dajan Edwards, he is by far the best option at running back. Mm-hmm. And exactly. I think Close. every single one of us should be thankful that is he he is getting closer to 100% every day. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think that Kendall Milton, bless his heart, is still not healthy. And we are thankful for what he came out and did the first two weeks of the season, even though he wasn't healthy. Yeah. But sit him down and do not let him do anything but recover. Auburn at the earliest but ideally Kentucky. Mm-hmm. That, like if he can yeah, play yeah. with it, it's not mm-hmm. bad enough that he's going to miss the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. But just let him ice, let him get massages, let him get stretched out, and hopefully live up to the potential that he has. Yeah, he... And and, and we've talked about this, you know, at other times as well. He just... He's always nicked up, hurt, injured whatever and like especially with the depth that this running back room has right now like you said like Kentucky you really need him for that stretch going forward from there because 
you know, obviously the back end of the schedule is a lot more difficult than the front end. Yep. And Edwards can obviously handle, you know, part of it as long as he, you know, can stay up there. But even like looking at the box score, Roger Robinson only had one carry. Did he have, I, I don't remember hearing anything about why he wouldn't have played. So I don't, I don't, I didn't hear anything. I didn't see anything in any injury reports. Um, I think a big part of it is that when you have a team as aggressive as South Carolina played defensively, you want guys that are better at pass protection, mm-hmm. which is why it was really Dajan and Kendall all day. But yeah. put freight train in there. Come on now. Yeah. Like, I mean, he he ha- he would have to be more effective, again, just on running the ball than Kendall was. I mean, just looking at Kendall's stats, seven carries, 25 yards, three and a half yards a pop. He did have a 15-yard run in there, so he got all but 10 yards on one of those. So he he's just not he's not the guy that we had hoped he would be in the season. Again, we talk about him being hurt and just not being 100%. But if they want to get to where they need to get to, they need to have more than just Dejon Edwards – carrying the load literally and figuratively yes um i do want to go ahead and move on to the defensive side of the ball do you have anything else offensively other than Um, how offensive the offense is that offense is offensive so far i i'm not quite ready to throw in the towel and you know and eat that uh and eat but you know take the l on being okay with the bobo hire quite yet um i think we can both say that I'm warming up to throw that bitch far, though. Yeah, it it is is getting there. It's getting there. If 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 we come out in two weeks against Auburn and look, you know, like we did the first half in this one, it is. Yep. No holds barred. Say whatever you want to say. The god dang it, Bobos. I'm sure we're out in full force uh, mm-hmm. on Saturday. And you got to start thinking for other stuff because this ain't it. This isn't it. It obviously has a lot to live up to, the especially the last two years. But even. Even then, Todd I mean, Munkin left his playbook. Mm-hmm. They it's said not that much to live up to. Yeah, it, it, just running the same stuff. I don't. It's it, it's it's frustrating because you know you know with the recruiting and all that it can be better. And obviously they're still winning. They're winning by double digits. It's fine. But they were what a twenty-seven and a half point favorite. Yep. Going into this. But as far as that goes, once the eight-minute mark passed in the fourth quarter, like eight minutes left to go. Mm-hmm. Georgia attempted a single pass in two drives. So yeah. they they did stop trying to score. Call yeah. it what it is. So maybe they they, they, they patched up whatever riff between uh, Kirby and, uh, and Shane there. Maybe. Which, um, maybe. I but even say then, there was so much media and police force around them that I, once they got close to the fifty, mm-hmm. like I couldn't see what they were doing or saying at that point. Hmm. I tried to look. I was oh, there's one other thing I was gonna say. Um, oh yeah, like, uh, yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll, because I at that point I had stopped watching when it was kind of uh, in hand. But um, one other thing, one other thing I'll say is the clock rules. I can't stand. You know how many times Georgia had the ball in the first quarter? Or how many drives they had? It was either one or two. It was one. They had the ball once. <laughs> one drive in the first quarter. One. Yeah. I Jury's still out. If it starts affecting big time games, mm-hmm. 
I might have a uh, more strong opinion on it. Yeah. I mean, it didn't seem like it, it impacted like, uh, uh, Texas and Alabama. Like, that game was still fun to watch. Um, the Colorado games. I didn't watch this last one. I know you'll talk about it a little bit later. But, I mean, it seems like, yeah, the, the bigger games haven't really been much by it yet. But just like this is like, especially when you're losing and you only have the ball once and then you, you know, miss a field goal and all that, it's it's uh, it's frustrating. But, um, yeah, enough enough about that side of the ball, I guess. Yeah, so moving on to the defense, and I surprisingly have a lot on the defense, even though they obviously played pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, we need Von Buller back bad. Yeah. Bad. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, if he isn't healthy, he was obviously dressed out and ready to go in an emergency on Saturday. But if he mm-hmm. is not healthy, Dan Jackson, dirty Dan Jackson needs to be playing his spot. Yeah. Because, once again, no hate to any player. I know they're out there working their ass off. Mm-hmm. But David Daniel Sisova is not... He's nowhere close to what Javon Bullard is. Yeah, not not yet. Dan That's Jackson sure. is closer to Javon Bullard's level than David Daniel Sisova. Mm-hmm. And once again, that's no hate. He's developing. I get yeah. it. Some guys take on to the college level better than others. Dan mm-hmm. Jackson's a senior. Yeah, he has the experience that you need out there at this point, considering how really relatively inexperienced the rest of the defense is outside of uh, Bullard and, uh, and well, we talked about Dan there too, but in Taiki as well. That's what I was I was gonna say. But yeah, you need you need that that leadership out there. They're better in leadership out there. I mean, Dan Jackson started what half the twenty two season, mm-hmm. or half the twenty one season, half the twenty two season, and has played at least half the snaps so far this season. This might this is not really like related on the field, but is he on scholarship yet? So I heard somewhere that he is, but I don't. I honestly don't know. Okay, because I don't think he was. I, I know he. I mean, I, even going up like through the national championship last year, I know he wasn't on scholarship at that point, which is wild. I mean, hopefully, I mean, I'm, I assume he's probably academically good. He probably got the hope scholarship and all that, but that someone that that's that big of a contributor that's not even just like you know a kicker or punter or whatever, not on scholarship is pretty wild. Um, I'm trying to go through his bio now in on the roster page mm-hmm. and it doesn't say anything about him being awarded um, a scholarship anywhere which sometimes it will and that I, I, and again I'm I, obviously not a player what was not anywhere close to getting to uh, to their level but I would take that as a, a slight and not even if you're taking care of financially if, like with different scholarships and whatnot to not you know be a a a scholarship player on a team that you've started significant amount of game amount of games for and be able to be on the field as much as he would. I would take that as a slight. I would be, I would be me personally would be irritated by that, but um, I think Dan's probably a better man than I am in that regard. Yes. Um, also, I accidentally just found how to go through the university of Georgia to buy players jerseys. Oh, Okay. Yup. I did. Shoot. Hold up. Let's see it. Let's see if our guy's on there. Oh. 
Cash Jones. Who? Cash Jones. Uh, yeah, buddy. How does it say how much it is, or does it say, "Hey, email us if you're interested"? One forty. Like That—that's how much it is new at Fanatics. Like you can get a game worn jersey for one hundred and forty. No, no, no. It's not game worn. It is oh. customized with. You can go through the list of players and pick a guy. Oh, okay. Because yeah, I'm yeah. like, I know Fanatics. Okay, that's that's the same price Fanatics is was uh, for that. I was looking at that earlier before I settled on something else. Yeah. So. Anyone that has been looking, I found it. Um, it's not necessarily easy to get to, but hmm. I found it. Right on. So players can get that money instead of like 99.9% going to Fanatics. So that's that's cool. Yes. Hopefully. Absolutely. Um, hmm. Yeah, yeah, No, it says NIL replica jersey through Georgia's athletics page. So it's legit. Sweet. Good. Good. They, yeah, they need to do a better job putting that out there. I agree. Um hmm. Back to the defense. Um, <laughs> that, no, that was worth it. That was a very worthy tangent. So, I really hated the scheme they played on defense in the first half. And absolutely give credit to South Carolina and Dow Loggins for being able to play after play, match up their slot receiver on a linebacker. Mm -hmm. Credit to them. It was scheme. It was movement. Cool. But the fact that all of their pass plays were motioning a receiver into the slot, getting him on an inside linebacker and getting 12 yards, maybe you should have figured that out earlier. I mean, especially after the first drive, you would, you would think. Uh, yeah. Um, and the fact that it took most of the first half for Georgia to then bring in that extra defensive back which is when they brought in Dan Jackson to help in the secondary mm -hmm. is ridiculous. But once again, thank you, Dan Jackson. Mm -hmm. I don't know, man, super sub, super dirty Dan. God bless. Dirty Dan. He saved the day with mm -hmm. some of his past breakups and uh, just playing great coverage out there. Mm -hmm. Um. Once it, we already talked about it. The defense mm. allowed zero points in the second half. They had, USC had 180 yards on 26 plays in the first half, got up 14-3, scored zero, and they finished with 309 yards on 58 plays. By my count, South Carolina had 98 yards in the second half. They had 32 yards through the third quarter. Like, the third quarter, they had 32 total yards, which, thank you to the defense. Um, 129 yards, if you if you did that. But still, that's, a, that's impressive, yeah. Okay. I don't math good, guys. Uh, my bad. Oh, no, I had to get out the calculator and mute it for a minute. <laughs> I wasn't going to do that. I might get – I think they did a little bit – yeah, either way. Um. So, once again, 32 yards in the third quarter. Phenom once again, phenomenal third quarter from the Dogs, just like it has been all year. But yeah. Georgia went from giving up 10 total points all year to 24 in one day. Um, it, it, it's so funny that we're, you know, talk about how, you know, disappointing that defense was in the first half. But giving up 24 points in, in three games, it, literally a quarter of the season, 
It's still, it's still good. It's not twenty one or twenty two levels necessarily. That's two points but, a quarter, essentially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's good. Now, granted, we haven't played the you know the greatest competition in the world yet, but as we know, South Carolina likes to play upset. Uh, you know, underdog upset and all that, and look good in the first half. They look great in the first half. Mm-hmm. I was highly concerned. Yeah, Spencer Rattler. Um, I mean, he was, he was. I think, geez, I think like the first half. I think he only missed. I don't have like the exact numbers in front of me for like by the half, but I only think, I think he only had like two or three incomplete passes the first half. Like he yeah. was like Grayson Lambert against South against Carolina. South like, Carolina. yeah, just the <laughs> the inverse of that, reverse of that for for them. I mean. It, he, uh, so like Rattler only finished with 256 yards, six uh, six yards uh, per attempt, but he did have two picks, ran for 35 yards. I mean, he it, it is not his fault. It's tough to make anybody feel bad for Spencer Rattler, but yes, um, just again the second half was was uh, was tough for him. Yeah, and I do want to switch gears a little bit and go to special teams. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, God, yeah. I understand the conditions were awful on Saturday. I mean, once again, I was sitting I was sitting in it throughout mm-hmm. the game. Um, but Peyton Woodring going one for three on field goals is unacceptable. We need a daily competition this week. And I even think going into the game against US, UAB on Saturday mm-hmm. to determine whose job it is going forward. Because... I still think that Jared Zirkel would be a very good kicker for us. Mm-hmm. And I, honestly, I force them, like, bring a tub out, fill it with water, put the footballs in the tub, and force them to kick wet footballs. Yeah. He. I, yeah. I would much rather a guy miss an occasional dry one mm-hmm. than miss all of the wet ones. Yeah. I mean, so far, he. Uh... Woodring is he's four of seven, so it's fifty-seven percent, uh, you know, uh, percentage, you know, of making those kicks. He's one for three yesterday. He one of them that he missed, I, I think it was like a twenty-nine-yard field goal or something. Like it was not yeah. very long. His yeah. his long yesterday was thirty-one. Yeah, but as, I mean, I understand that as George fans, we're spoiled with place kickers and have been for the better part of twenty-plus years. Mm-hmm. But that that's not okay. No. He missed a, a yeah, a, between 20 and 29 he missed a field goal. He's one for one for 30 between 30 and 39 and then a 40 to 49 he was 0 of 1 for that. So the 40 yard field goals I can live with missing every once in a while, but something that's supposed to be a gimme when your offense stalls out, that's that's not acceptable. That's awful. Yeah, when you're kicking from what the 10 yard line? Mhm. Those, those shouldn't be missed. No. I, I don't care if you're a freshman or not. You were the number one kicker in the country, and that's yeah, that's not a not a good thing. But hopefully, you know, get get these misses out of the way early when it's not necessarily on the line. When he, when we get to these bigger moments where we may actually need him, hopefully he'll he'll be better served for it. Yeah. Um, do you have anything else on the performance Saturday? Are you ready to move to uh, players of the week? Uh, no, I'm good. All right, defensive player of the week. It is not Tyke Smith this week. It is Malachi Starks. And if you weren't paying close attention to the game 
um, or maybe the camera wasn't showing everything. Malachi didn't necessarily fill up stat sheets. He had one tackle, but he had three passes defended and was essentially asked to play Javon Bullard's role as a true sophomore where Mm -hmm. he was the coverage safety. That was his job. Like, if nobody else has the receiver, he's your guy. And he Mm -hmm. excelled in coverage. And that is the reason. Between three passes defended, being as good as he was in coverage, other than those three passes that he defended, they didn't throw his way. Coverage was so good, they didn't even try it. Mm -hmm. So, Malachi starts. Didn't fill up the stat sheet, but if you go back and watch it, and like if you can find an all twenty two view or something like that, he had a hell of a performance in a position that's not typically where he plays. Yeah, it's hard to argue that for sure. Like you said, he didn't fill up the stat sheet, but he definitely made his presence known um out there filling in for the uh defensive MVP and you know, both of the playoff games last year. So yeah, shout out to him. So uh offensive player of the week, again, I it's it's tough to go anyone else but uh Dejon Edwards. Uh, welcome return back to the lineup. He was the most effective guy, really, on either side of the ball, especially you know on the stat sheet. Had 118 yards on 20 attempts with just about a six-yard average per rush, and he did have a touchdown. Um, he ran tough. I mean, he, I mean, as we can go back to last year, I mean, he, it, it's very rare that he's going to go down the first guy that touches him. Like, the yards after contact, I'm sure, were, were pretty high for him, even coming off of an injury and still probably not being 100%. But uh, he ran really tough, which is something that this backfield with Branson Robinson not being there and and, and uh, Kendall Milton being banged up and all that, and you know, and Roderick just being a freshman, something that they sorely, sorely have missed, especially with how the offensive line has been run blocking thus far, and and to have a hundred yard rusher, it is it's been a minute since they've uh, they've had a hundred yard rusher just on their own individually. So, um, but yeah. He's, uh, he's definitely my offense player of the week for week three. Yeah, I mean, it looked like he got tackled in the backfield on that one long run on the right end that I'm thinking of. Like, he mm. was almost wrapped up in the backfield and broke that tackle. I want to say it was a 15, 20-yard run on the right side behind Xavier Truss. And that's something that probably didn't happen in the first two weeks. With yeah, he's already... Uh, Edwards is already the lead, the team's leading rusher after just one game. He uh, he has uh, three less carries than Kendall Milton did, and uh, yeah, Edwards has 118 yards rushing. Kendall Milton has 96. So, yeah, hell of a job. Yeah, for sure, man. He we we need him in the worst way if we want to get to where we want to get to. I agree. We need to come up with a nickname. Hmm. Yeah, I'll have to workshop that. Yep. So this week's hungriest dog. Um, I actually had to think about this for a minute here because I think there are a few guys that deserve that deserve it this week. But mm-hmm. I think it needs to go to Dirty Dan. Um, yeah. Called into action more than normal with Bullard being out, and he did his job extremely well. Like we talked about earlier, I think he did do a little bit better than uh, David Daniel Sisava, but. He also secured a key interception and got hit so hard by his own guy that most receivers wouldn't have been able to hold onto that ball. And uh, not to mention Kirby's son loves him, which is cool. 
Man, I, 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 it's always funny watching Kirby's son. I, I, I think the first game he was, he was a uh, Carson's like you know guy when he was warming up, just like catching the passes and throwing it back to Carson so he could, you know, get his work in. And he just looking up at Carson, there's admiration like the entire time. He's like, oh, I get to be here. It's like you're there all the time. You grew up in this, son. Yeah, it's awesome. Love seeing it. So for Booms, new dog of the week, and once again, this is not necessarily a freshman award. Um, I, I struggled to come up with a freshman again this week um but new dog and that's just a player that necessarily or hasn't necessarily been a big part of the team up until this season that made a big impact this week and uh Daylin Everett mm. led the team in tackles had five he had one pass broken up for him to be a first year starter going against a former five star that before Saturday had not thrown a single interception on the season had a hell of a performance. Yeah, it was definitely impressive considering, again, that his youth and how experienced Spencer Rattler is at this point. So, yeah, shout out Dylan. Um, and then you put some other notes down here. So if you want to go ahead with those. Yeah, just a, a couple other uh, dog related things here. So, with uh, with win Saturday night, Georgia is at 20 consecutive regular season SEC wins. Uh, obviously, they lost the 21 SEC championship, but that doesn't count because that's not regular season. Uh, school record for consecutive games uh, won an SEC play is 23, of course, between the previous golden era between 1980 and 1983. The, uh, the dogs extended their school record for consecutive regular season wins to 30. 30. Uh, which leads all of FBS and is the second longest streak in all of uh, in all of uh, just football in general. They are behind uh, D3 Mount Union, which is at 56, which regardless of whatever level, 56 in a row. Crazy. It's insane. Yeah. Um, and just, you know, you're, oh, what was the, when did this, you know, 30 game regular season win streak start? It was JT Daniels first start. What was it his first start against Mississippi yes. State? Mississippi yeah. State was his black, first black jerseys, all that 2020, um, where he had like you know shit ton of yards and all that. But that was the uh, the first of that because that was that game right after the uh, Florida loss. So, um, and then last thing, so Georgia has also won 21 consecutive home games, which ranks second school history behind a 24 game winning streak. Um, you know, again, 1980, 1983. So again, we're just it goes without saying that we are living in the like really the new golden era and hopefully it goes on for even longer than uh, what we were in the early eighties. But the home game winning streak is actually now the longest in college football with Bama losing to, uh, to Texas last week. So Georgia has that solo. Sweet. Okay. Yes. It's taking everything from them. (laughs) He's dead. Talking about dynasty killing over here, talking about the team that pretty much, Put the nail in the coffin for Alabama's 2022 season. That is LSU, who is a nine and a half point favorite in Stark Vegas, over under 53 and a half. They won this game 41 to 14, obviously covering and hitting the over. Um, Mike, you stepped up and uh, did all the notes on this, so you can go ahead. Yeah, there's not there's not really a ton to talk about. Like once once it kind of got out of hand, especially in the first half. I mean, I don't know how many people actually 
excuse me, I stayed along with it and watched it. I know I kind of went back and looked at it a little bit, but uh, Malik Neighbors finally went off. I have him on our our fantasy team, our fantasy league. Uh, Thirteen catches for two thirty nine, which I think they said was. So like that's why he kicked my ass. Oh, was that playing you? Yes. Ooh. Okay, I didn't even realize three and zero, baby. Um, yeah, but he went off after not doing anything the first two weeks of the season but 13 <laughs> catches 239 i think they said that was the i want to say it was the third or fourth yeah fourth. uh most uh, receiving yards in school history which again you, you know playing behind guys like justin jefferson and jamar chase that's uh in, a, in booty as well pretty impressive uh Jaden daniels looked good for uh, you know first time this season against fbs competition 361 yards in the air two touch uh two touchdowns as well 10 yards per attempt to go along with 62, I'm sorry, 64 yards on the ground and two touchdowns. So, again, four touchdowns overall. So, with that said, maybe the calls to bust and us were a little bit premature. Uh, with uh, it's the way ne- he... it's never premature. <laughs> uh, I, I, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to keep going. Never mind. Um, <laughs> not gonna say what I was gonna say, but uh, yeah, I will say Jaden Daniels was five yards rushing from greatness. Mm-hmm. And then the bus and us ones would have really just been silenced for Absolutely. sure. Um, but I mean, Nussmeyer did come in. I think he had like one pass, which again, obviously was over at that point, but uh, Mississippi state and I have, in the, in the show outline, I put MSU because the other MSU Michigan state was also freaking awful, but uh, <laughs> Mississippi state, they were abysmal on both sides of the ball. Will Rogers was 11 for 28 for 103 yards QBR of 7.6. I don't even know how that's a thing. He didn't, I don't even think he had any turnovers and he, he had a, a sub 10 QBR like the ESPN rating for quarterback rating. Um, Mike Wright did come in. He did come in for those that were wondering, he, he did have a rush for five yards. And then he also had one pass attempt for four yards. He was one of one. So nine total yards or all purpose yards for uh, Mike Wright. So um, even in, in a blowout, they really didn't turn to uh, Wright very much, which is kind of kind of shocking considering, I mean, it was a 41-14 game. But yeah, yeah, I I, I don't know. I, I mean, there was a reason why Mississippi State was picked uh, in the preseason to go last in the the final year of the SEC West, and we're kind of seeing it now Now that they're in that because they barely beat Arizona last week. So that's going to be tough. Yes. Um, you know, in my professional-level organization, I do want to add one more note about Georgia's offense. Um, okay. Something that I typed out on my phone right before we came on and completely forgot to uh, to talk about. So right. um, talking about Carson Beck, because a lot of people are saying it might be time to look at Brock Vandegrift. Right. Mm-hmm. So as far as SEC quarterback rankings after week three, Carson Beck's PFF grade, take that with a grain of salt or mm-hmm. none at all. It just depends on what you want to think. 85, which is third. His completion percentage among SEC quarterbacks, 73.2, first. Mm-hmm. Turnover worthy plays, 0.9%, first. Wow. Yards per attempt, 8.8. Third, if they if they graded on an NFL passer rating scale, 105.6, third. Top three in all those categories when it comes to SEC quarterbacks, mm-hmm. that's not Carson. 
It's the plays he's being asked to run. Yeah. They're not keeping the good plays for uh for later in the season, apparently, because they would have busted him out a little bit earlier. Yep. So um Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I did watch a little bit of this LSU game because I was hanging out with Will. Um Oh, I know he enjoyed it then, right? Yes. Yes, he did. <laughs> um, he also said that the Kayshawn Booty re- uh, record of most receiving yards in a game shouldn't oh. really even count because that was the only time he ever did anything noteworthy in his career. <laughs> and that's def- from an LSU fan. So Yeah, I'll, I'll defer to Will on that. Um, <laughs> was he... Was Booty involved in the in the Cortez Hankton stuff? Yes. So that's the other noteworthy thing. That was definitely off the field. But okay. Yep. Yep. Um. So Tennessee minus six and a half at Florida, going to the swamp, somewhere they have not won since two thousand and three. What what grade were you in in two thousand and three? Third? And that's a question because I'm not sure. I, I, I fall of 2003 was definitely third grade. Yeah, I was either in eighth grade or going in, or either eighth grade or ninth grade. Um, yeah. So Crazy. easy to say, neither of us had peaked yet. I may have. <laughs> Speak for yourself. Um, Florida ended up winning this game. What was it? 29-16, so the under hit. Mm-hmm. Um, Florida obviously covered because they continued that streak of Tennessee not being able to win in Gainesville, unlike Joe Milton said he would never do. Yeah, he doesn't lose in Florida. Um, Except now. Bring out the bring out uh, Maury. The, uh, the test determined that was a lie. Oh, no. So, Florida did exactly what I said they would as far as the defense goes. They essentially did not allow Joe Milton to breathe all day. They put pressure on him. The secondary did a great job of keeping the wider, wide receivers open from getting over the top and all those big plays that Tennessee lives off of. Um, three weeks into the season, it seems that the way to beat this Tennessee team is the exact same as last year. You pressure the quarterback, you slow the run game, you play good, solid, not even great secondary coverage, and they, their offense is nothing. Um, mm. I will say Hendon Hooker did a pretty good job under pressure last season with his escapability, with his ability to take check down passes. Um, something Joe Milton has not shown the ability to do is keep his poise in the pocket under pressure. Um Just- Poise in general for him trying to pick fights with offensive linemen or linemen. You know, when we get to the end of this game, I want you to talk about that because I was actually watching a different game towards the end. Because once, man, once Florida got up, I was like, Tennessee ain't coming back. Mm -hmm. They're not built to come from behind. So, um, I think. As as a podcast, we need to collectively apologize to Graham Mertz um, because we we gave him a Starbucks extra dark roast pretty much all off season. 
mm-hmm. and uh, and during our Utah Florida watch party. Yeah, it but, was relentless. Oh man, but Saturday night he looked a lot more like first game at Wisconsin Graham Mertz than he looked like for the other thirty something games in his career so far. Mm-hmm. Um, he went ended up going nineteen twenty four for one hundred and sixty nine yards. Nice. And one touchdown doesn't sound great. I understand that. Less than 170 yards, 19 to 24. The most impressive thing about the way he played on Saturday was his ability to make plays under pressure. Because as we all know, Tennessee led the country in sacks coming into Saturday. They had 11 in two weeks. You can take that with a grain of salt as well, playing UVA and uh you know austin p but yeah but technically speaking they were they led the the country um i mean there's just one play in particular i want to say it was third quarter maybe early third where he was getting sacked and literally horizontal to the ground and just threw an underhand pass to trevor Etienne, who did the rest of the work for the 20 something yard touchdown Mm -hmm. and at that point you knew there's nothing tennessee could do it just wasn't their day. Yeah, Trevor Etienne is Ooh. way too good to be at at Florida. Well, didn't his brother like um, during the Utah game tweet that he needed to go to go to Colorado? Yep. I mean, he would have gotten into a fight at Colorado this week too, so it wouldn't have been much better. No, this scenery would be better. You don't want to be in a swamp. Um, correct. But if you're a beach person, Gainesville's an hour from the beach, which I will, uh, I will take a Florida beach in the winter over snow. Yeah, that's fair. That's a good point. I would as well. Um, so the Gators leaned on the run game, 183 yards on the ground. Both of Florida backs have done a phenomenal job once they got through that Utah game. But Trevor Etienne stole the show. 23 carries, 172 yards, and a touchdown, not to mention what he did in the receiving game. I will say both of these teams still look extremely beatable. Um, And it seems like there's a fairly clear path to beating either of these teams. But this game and the next one we're going to talk about shook the pecking order in the East quite a bit. Did you freeze? No, I'm I'm here. Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, next game. The other game in the East that kind of shocked some people. Kansas State minus four at Mizzou over under 47 and a half. Um, over hit. Over hit. My, the pick that I was the most confident about this week absolutely did not. Mm-hmm. Um, my question is, can Missouri do me a favor and decide if they're good or not? Well, it, Drink needs to get out of his own way because he bought um, the, the thicker he kicker. He almost lost them this game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That that uh, delay of game <laughs> set up that. With timeouts. No excuse. No excuse. But, again, thank God they have the thicker kicker on their side, in, in, at least for this game. 61 yards, SEC record uh, for longest field goal. Insane, too, because it, it, like, it could have gone from, like, 62-63, mm-hmm. which – when you're saying a one or two yard difference doesn't mean a whole lot, but when you're talking more than half the length of the field, yeah. <laughs> it does mean a lot. I mean, he was at, on the logo kicking. 
Man, if only you could have done that against Auburn last year. Mm-hmm. Right? Jeez. I, I don't know how much of this game you actually saw live, but this is probably, like, of the early games, this is definitely the best one that I oh, yeah. kind of kept an eye on. Um, um, we were lucky in the tailgate we were at had <clears throat> excuse me I'm sorry guys I don't normally drink beer um, tailgate had a TV that was split into three so we were watching Boise State North Texas I, I honestly only yeah. remember because it was blue and green and they were on blue field um, <laughs> oh, yeah. LSU Mississippi State and then Kansas State Mizzou was the third game on mm-hmm. so I was watching the bottom of the three games. Yeah. Um, there's Free. no... There's no rhyme or reason. There's no logic behind mm-hmm. why Mizzou won this game. That's been the whole drink era. Like, for... I mean, you... You get blown out against Kansas State last year by, like, almost 40 points, and then, you know, come back, you know, a couple weeks later, and like, you know, give Georgia their biggest test of the season uh in the in the regular season and almost you know pull off that upset it 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 makes no sense i i would never ever actually bet on a missouri game because that's just going to be a losing proposition so mizzou's three and oh right now right mm-hmm. beat a top 15 team if big they, 12 champs too by the correct. way if they beat memphis this week do they crack the top 25? Because if you look at others receiving votes, they were technically 26 today. Mm-hmm. Oh, they have to, right? I mean... <laughs> well, uh, what? here's the problem. Yeah. It's Mizzou. So if they're ranked mm-hmm. into week five, they're going to lose to Vanderbilt. Who's yeah. their week six game? Because mm-hmm. Mizzou can't stay ranked for whatever reason. No. Mm-mm. I mean, even going back to like uh, Pinkle's last few years, it, it was a... <laughs> Always something. It's like, oh, Mizzou pulled an upset. They're number 22. Wait, who did they lose to? Right. And it's like, oh, Mizzou beat a 7-2 and two Florida team. Mm-hmm. Rank them. Yep. Mizzou lost to Vandy? Mm-hmm. That's... Which, I don't know. I don't know if you saw this. This is somewhat related because you brought up Vandy. Vandy had, they had a, like, late in the game, they went out to UNLV, played uh, the Barry Odom's uh, Rebs out there. And Vandy had an interception with like a minute left when they were, um, I think they were tied at that point, about yeah. a minute left. You know, brought it down to like 30-ish yard field goal, missed that. And then and then somehow uh, UNLV hit a big play after that missed field goal, got in a field goal range, hit it themselves, walked off inexplicably. Awful way to do it. Honestly, we just we need to start selling stickers that say WTV and it's what the Vandy. <laughs> hey, that's I, that might be good. I just I you know or WTM what the Mizzou because there's once again there's no there's no logical reason mm-hmm. that they won this game. Kansas State was I believe they led in almost every statistical category. I'm about to pull it back up here because I didn't write it down. I mean, they. I was. I was going to say while you're doing that. I mean, Brady Cook honestly played out of his mind. Can he do that all season? No, because he's a Missouri quarterback and they can't do that. But and he's um, Brady Cook. And he's Brady Cook. Um, I mean, Luther Burden's the truth. I mean, we, you know, we were hoping that he would enter the portal and come to Georgia, but you know, Dominic Lovett's been doing all right, obviously for us, and you know, however he can actually contribute with uh, limitations on offense, but. 
Kansas State, uh, Kansas State played well too. Their quarterback was hurt. Uh, he was limping around pretty much the whole second half. I mean, Kansas State, twenty-five yeah, of thirty-nine well. for 270 yards. Mm. Thirty-five carries, one hundred thirty-eight yards. That's a great game. Four hundred eight yeah. total yards. Mm-hmm. Missouri, twenty-three of thirty-six, three hundred fifty-six yards. Only twenty-eight carries for seventy-four yards. Kansas State had one turnover. That's the only major statistical difference. Yeah. Um, it makes it, it, yeah it, yeah just looking at that it makes it really makes no sense. Well, Brady Cook had 356 yards. I didn't realize he did that well. I know he did well, but good lord. He's entering his Drew Lock era, where he'll score <laughs> 70 on no name teams and uh, lose most SEC games. Still probably be like a day two pick somehow. Yes. So, um, so, oh, Brady. Yeah, we got to take Brady, right? I will say Drew Locke's vibes are still immaculate. Yes. I, yes. I don't care. Anybody that can throw an interception and then go to the sideline and just start, like, lip-syncing Katy Perry, that's oh, I was thinking. I was thinking, like, him just going to town, like, on a – anytime, like, Jeezy came on, whether he was at Mizzou or, like, like uh, what, what, Seattle or Denver or whatever, just – There's just also – there's also a video of him lip syncing Katy Perry on the NFL sideline. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So, love it. it immaculate vibes. Um, but mm. betting aside, because I obviously did lose this game, and uh, I, Same. I had a ten leg parlay on Saturday. Only put a dollar on it. Right. Mm-hmm. Nine of the ten hit. Would you like to know which one did not? Was it the game where the uh, other side hit a conference uh, record long field goal? Yep, yep, that was the one. That makes sense. That 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 makes too much sense. Yep, too much sense. Uh huh. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I once again, I only put a dollar on it. I was going to win twelve. Yeah, it was like plus a thousand. Yeah. <laughs> for that, it almost hit. Oh. And Kansas State losing was the reason that I did not hit. Because the line dropped to two and a half before I took it. So they only had to win by a field goal. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, not not real happy about that. So Missouri needs all the bad things to happen to them the rest of the year to make you feel a little bit better, right? Yes. Uh Not even the money part of it, but to to even get close to a 10-leg parlay for it to cash. And yeah. for something like that to happen, inexcusable. Mm-hmm. But betting aside, this is the type of game that makes people love college football more than the NFL. Mm-hmm. The underdog Absolutely. who got their teeth kicked in in this game last year, come back at home, beat a top 15 team with no logic behind them winning with a 61-yard field goal. That's not happening with- in the NFL. With like a two hundred and forty pound kicker, yeah, that that doesn't happen in the NFL. I side note: the NFL has been more boring this year than I can remember it being in a very long time. Yeah, it's been pretty, it's been pretty blah so far. There have been like three good games. Other than that, it's like, yeah, obviously this team's gonna win. 
Yeah. Detroit, Detroit and Seattle today, I was kind of, we were in the car for, and I kind of had it on my, you know, bootleg stream of it, but Jared Goff, I mean, oh God. I wish pick I started six. him in my league today. I started I him in one of my pick leagues. Six. Trevor Lawrence got me nine points. <laughs> oh, that was right down the street too. Could have, could have went to that, but, oh uh, man, that was, a, that was a tough way to lose. Um, I mean, they Recording ended up going stopped. overtime. What? What happened? How long were we on for? Um, if you're on the stream, hold please. Um, so apparently, I did not move quite enough over to uh, my external hard drive the other day. Uh oh. Where's delete? If you're in the stream, this is uh, real life going on here. Technical side. This... Sorry, guys. Once again. Having to go through and delete and not work files real quick. Yep. Those of you all still still with us on the stream, uh, I think Thursday, we have a, as of right now, I have a pretty cool guest uh, lined up to, uh, to talk about Ole Miss and Alabama so be on the lookout for that that's going to be real fun especially considering what he said he had to do so where he couldn't come on on a normal day so yes. that would be no, oh that'll be a lot of fun all, I think we're both super excited about that mm -hmm. shoot it up shot or shoot it our shot with that shot or shoot That is going to be good, though, because this like this next week, this next uh, week of games is going to be. It's going to be a lot better than this week's slate, that's for sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, even like we I don't even think we mentioned it, like Notre Dame and Ohio State playing. Uh, Saturday night is going to be electric in I think it's in South Bend. It is in South Bend. That might be it early. 
best bet because I think at the time when I last looked, Ohio State was a three-point favorite on the road in South Bend. I know they looked well again. They looked all right against uh, Youngstown, not Youngstown State, Western Kentucky, but. Well, and then Notre Dame didn't look too great about against uh, Central Michigan either. So we will see. That's going to be a good game. Yes. Um, apparently, I need to go through and delete more files. Good Lord. Deleting emails. I said, okay. Hmm. you're still here with us on the stream i just want to apologize again um, someone put um on uh this uh, other group that um that i'm in somebody had posted a picture with a uh, with dirty dan with the uh, the savage pads on yeah and kirby's son just standing right next to him just living his best life celebrating with him it.
Okay. Uh, it looks like we have enough space now, so I'm going to start recording again. All right. Sounds good. All right. Recording in progress. Sorry about that little bit of technical difficulty there. Um, I think we're about to move on to... Oh, what happened? Hold, please. Oh. Um, you know what? I'll fix it later. I'll fix it later. We just don't have the banner around the uh, video right now. Oh. Um, Sorry, y'all. Um, technical Thanks difficulty. I will fix that after we're done here. Um, Georgia Southern at Wisconsin who were 20-point home favorites over under set at 64. Under hit, Wisconsin covered by a single point. Mm -hmm. Um, And this one's all you, so I will let you take it away. All right, so not not really a ton to uh, talk about with this either. But like I said, we both thought Georgia Southern was going to cover, and they probably would have if they could have just stopped throwing interceptions. Uh, Georgia Southern... I started watching it um, just after halftime, and um, at that point, their uh, quarterback, uh, Bryn, had I think he had two interceptions already going into that. He had damn near 300 yards at that point, just like in the first half. But he ended up throwing uh, five interceptions and just kind of at the the worst times uh, for uh, Southern, which really was outplaying Wisconsin, especially in the first half. Like again, at one point, Georgia Southern had a seven-point lead early in the third quarter, and then it just kind of all just fell apart from there. Uh, so Davis Brin from uh, Georgia State—I'm sorry, Georgia Southern. My bad. Um, Thirty-three of fifty-two, three hundred eighty-three yards and a touchdown. But again, he did have five picks, which most of them were his fault. I know a lot of times we'll say, "Oh, we kind of bounced off someone's hand. It was a bad bounce and all that." No, he threw some god-awful interceptions. Um, for them and really kind of took them out of a game that they honestly could have won if they just didn't turn the ball over. But um, but uh, Braylon Allen for uh, for uh, Wisconsin again he's a he's a problem he's been a problem for a little bit now. Twelve carries, ninety four yards. Tanner Mordecai had a, a decent game. He wasn't you know out of this world, but I mean he didn't have any turnovers, so that obviously helped them a lot. He was. Uh, Mordecai was 19-30 for 236 yards, no turnovers. He also had seven rushes himself for 36 yards and two touchdowns on the ground. But, again, alas, Georgia Southern is not going to go 2-0 in the Big Ten West, and they are still re- relegated to the uh, Sun Belt. So, it's always next year. Yeah, tough, tough look. Um, mm. I personally didn't watch anything in this game, so I don't have – much yeah, it's it, it it's really it really wasn't a ton. I mean, Georgia Southern again. If you were, you know, anything that you know about Georgia Southern, can you throw out with uh, Clay Helton being the head coach? They they're definitely not doing the triple option anymore. They are, I don't want to call it an air raid by any means, but they they spread the ball around. They they pass it again pretty effectively for the most part, except again with uh, this quarterback. To the guy that, team. Yeah, this <laughs> the throw it around. Don't care what color jersey you have on. They're going to sling the ball around the yard there. So, um, yeah, they're fun. It's a fun brand to watch. But, again, Big Ten-wise, they did not – cannot, you know, muster up that magic for a second consecutive year. So, Nebraska, worse than Wisconsin, some people are saying. Uh, the the battle between the 
block letters, letters. same, (laughs) the same, uh, the same jerseys and really the same everything. I think when they play each other, I think one of them usually wears black because it's literally the same everything. Yeah. Except the N is a W. Um, instead of an N or a W, this is an L, even though it was a W. And that is Alabama going to USF. Um, <laughs> made the trip to Tampa. Mm-hmm. Um, they are the only team this year to win their game and drop in the rankings, deservedly so. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, the first bullet here is just ha 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 Because if you thought the quarterback situation couldn't get worse, oh, you should have oh, waited. Oh, buddy. Um, Jalen Milrow looked like Bryce Young compared to uh, Tyler Buckner, who mm-hmm. started this game on Saturday. He was... Five or fourteen, uh, had thirty-four yards. And that's a Tom Bowder esque. That's worse. Maybe worse. That, yeah, that's that's worse. Yeah. Um, Ty Simpson came in to save the day. Really, <laughs> um, he, he he stabilized that offense for yeah. He went, you know, murdered it five and nine for seventy-three yards. He did have, what, two carries for 25, 15, 25, something like that. Yeah, um, he had some. Yeah, he had something out there else out but there, too. But the threat of an accurate pass made USF respect that and uh, opened the run game up quite a bit. That's how they scored um, their second touchdown of the day of two. Um, because... And that was super late in the game, too. Like, it was a yes. one-score game m- yes. most of this game. Um, I will say flat out, I'm pulling up the guy's name now because he, Daquan Evans, somebody get that man on an SEC team. Mm -hmm. Eight tackles, four solo, three sacks, four total tackles for loss, one pass breakup. He was, he, he was the team. Yeah, number zero for the USF Bulls. Um, if you saw a guy in green and white flying around making plays, it, it was Daquan. Mm. Yeah, I just it, yeah. What I'm I'm curious, and we'll, we're going to bring this up when we talk to our hopefully talk to our guests later this week. But what did besides losing against Texas, what did Jalen Milrow do to make coaching staff think that either one of those guys, Ty Simpson or Buckner, were going to be a better option? Because Milrow. If I, he was healthy, he was dressed. So, personally, just, you know, my own layman's evaluation here, I think Ty Simpson is a more talented overall quarterback. I think he has equal arm talent, but better accuracy, better decision-making. Um, but I honestly think, you know, just personally, I could be entirely wrong here. I think Nick Saban got real pissed off at the way the team played towards the end of last week. And he was like, all right, if you want to play bad, let's play bad. We'll still win. Mm -hmm. But you will be embarrassed at the end of 60 minutes here. If that's how you want to play, that's how we're going to play. Mm -hmm. Exactly what they did. Yep. 
I remember this. Someone we talked to earlier in the offseason, or I guess was it the offseason? I guess it was right before the season started. Said there was no way Alabama would lose this game. Obviously, they won by 14, but they won it was by 14 by scoring seven points in the last three minutes of the game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were losing. I mean, before they, I think they had a delay for a little bit. I mean, it was three nothing for a good part of this game. When I turned the game on, right when we got in the car after the Georgia game. It was 10-3, to and USF, before a couple penalties and a sack, was almost in field goal range. Tampa is not in South Florida, but that's a whole different discussion. First and foremost, Tampa is absolutely not in South Florida. Geography is not a a strong suit in Florida, evidently, Um, because... Good Lord. I will say, shout out to uh, Matt Baker... Uh, AP vote, poll voter. He had the Alabama Crimson Tide ranked at 22 in his submission, which what a hero! I, I truly like. I, yeah. I really want to find his email and ask if ask if like he has a comment for the show on why he put Alabama at 22 because we agree. Oh, why would you say something so brave? Right, like just for the record, you're 100 percent correct. Yeah, but. Mm-hmm. How were you brave enough to do it? <laughs> yeah. Like, did you know as soon as you submitted that that you'd never get a job at ESPN? Flush <laughs> that down immediately. Oh. All right. Last game we're going to talk about, and I know Mike said he didn't watch much of this game, so I'm no. I you know I watched. Just transparency here. I watched until about halfway through third quarter, and then fell asleep because. It had been a long it's, day. It's, that, well, shit, it started at like 10, didn't it? Yes. <laughs> and it went to overtime? Or... No. No, it didn't go... It almost went to overtime. Correct. Um, that's Colorado State at Colorado. There was a lot of buildup to this one between the comments that Colorado State's head coach made, um, and then there were some Colorado retorts to that. But this is the kind of rivalry that brings fans in that do not care about the game. Mm-hmm. Because Coach Beef pregame, ridiculous hits, ridiculous plays, almost fighting after each and every play. Shadur Sanders literally tried to start a fight at some point, and his team had to pull him back. Yeah, and, he didn't uh, even, like put his like whole freaking hand in somebody's face mask and like poke him in the eye or whatever. So I didn't see that, but you know, after the hit on Travis Hunter that some people will say is dirty, I don't. I'll go ahead and get into that. I I don't think the hit was dirty. Travis Hunter was A, still inbounds, B, trying to catch the ball, and the part of it that could be conceived as dirty was the fact that the safety, the way he was coming in on the play, was technically hidden from Travis Hunter, mm. but it's not like the play was over. Like, the ball had just gone past him, and the way the safety was coming in, he didn't see that. All he knew is that Travis Hunter jumped up for a ball and was coming down, and this dude shoulder to chest laid him out. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I haven't heard if Dion's made any comments about it, but as a former defensive back who tried to decapitate people, I would think he would understand he couldn't see the play. He saw a receiver going up to make the play and tried to make the play on him. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I understand there's sentiment between Travis Hunter and Deion Sanders, but if you try to put yourself in those shoes, you're making the same hit. Point blank, period. Mm-hmm. Maybe De- Deion can't sympathize with it because he was never one for tackling. Uh, I'm going to leave that where it is. Um, so Colorado State, Mountain West School, straight outplayed Colorado in this game. The Rams outgained the Buffs 499 to 413. 397 passing yards to 348. 102 rushing yards to 70. The deciding factor in this game was the extra two turnovers that Colorado State had. It was 4 to 2. I will say. The most interesting thing from an outside perspective about this game is the extra or is the fighting that happened almost each and every play. Um, Shitter Sanders was he was bucking up to the safety that made that hit on Travis Hunter immediately after the play, and mm-hmm. some offensive linemen came up and had to corral him. Like, hey, dude, you're half of the team. Like, yeah, maybe maybe not like rip some helmets off and start throwing hands right here. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? One, one thing I'll say about this, like I said, like you said, I I didn't really see any of this game or much of it at all, but you said Colorado State had almost 500 yards of total offense. Do you see what happens when once Bobo leaves? I know it's been a few years, but. Oh, that's, that's a big yikes. Um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's been several years. It's not like it just happened, but still. Correct. Um, my 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 first thought <laughs> was that. It's also a different era. A lot of the guys yeah. that play on Colorado State came out of the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. Um, they With how big social media, TikTok, and uh, how many different channels with ESPN Plus you can watch games on, you can get drafted from Colorado State, so players are more willing to go there versus, you know, 10 years ago, you had to uh, make Sports Center top 10 to yeah. really even get looked at, which was mm-hmm. few and far between. I mean, Colorado, even a few years ago, had a first round wide receiver that had to make Sports Center top 10 multiple times, even be in the first round conversation and invited to the combine. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, times have definitely changed, that's for sure. All right, before we get out of here, let's talk about our bets for the week. Um, uh, do we have to? Uh, well, <laughs> considering the extras that I picked this week, I'm I'm pretty happy about it. Okay. So I my week three record was seven and five. I um, did significantly better in the extra games that I picked this week. Um, obviously lost the LSU Mississippi State picks. I thought Mississippi State would cover. Thought Georgia Southern would cover. Florida did cover. You know, got me there. I did mm-hmm. good on that one. Kansas State is dead to me. Um, the Wildcats <laughs> did not get their head in the game, and nope. the entire state of Kansas is trash. Um, but the overhit. So there we go. There we go. Um, I did not want to pick the Georgia-South Carolina spread. I said that, but mm-hmm. I had to, and I picked Georgia. Mm-hmm. 
because I thought the offense would come out on fire. Mm-hmm. Um, they did not. No. My bandwagon team, once again, is out here murdering teams. This time, it was a Big Ten school um, that, while they were going through a uh, coaching catastrophe, Big Ten schools are still supposed to play defense, correct? Uh, Michigan State hasn't done that in a little bit. Okay. Um, Because Washington well covered this game, 41-7, to called Mm -hmm. it. Um, yep. didn't take the over. I almost did, but I didn't. And I'm glad I didn't because the over under was 55 and a half. Total score was 48. Um, hmm. TCU definitely covered at Houston. Yeah. Syracuse definitely covered definitely. at Purdue. Penn State definitely covered at Illinois. Georgia Tech, Ole Miss, May have hit the over because there were a total of five touchdowns scored in the last four minutes of game time. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. A win's a win. And uh, yep. Hawaii at Oregon. Let's see how close that was to hitting. Oregon. God, Oregon. Three almost hit it. Yeah. I mean, or, yeah, I was going to say, Oregon almost hit them themselves. Yep. Uh, I was three points from hitting that. So maybe no more Oregon overs this year. No, maybe a team team over, sure, but yeah, that's tough. Um, Overall, yeah, seventeen thirteen. So if you follow me, you are definitely still in the black. Hmm. So for me, you know, before we get out of here, so I did not have a banner week, but I'm still I'm still over five hundred, so that's good. So um, I did hit on the LSU. I did pick them the uh, as a nine and a half point favorite. Um, like like uh, like John said, we both missed out on Georgia Southern by one point. They're you know twenty point underdog, lost by twenty one, so that sucks. Um, I did. I, we were both on the right side of Florida. Took them uh, you know, plus six and a half. Kansas State again blew it. Um, I took Georgia and and the over. I missed out on both of those uh, pretty bad. Uh, but my uh, best bets. I was two of three with those. Wyoming. Uh, covered against Texas. Texas is a 29-point favorite. Wyoming uh, did cover in what I heard was the final game that was going to be broadcast live on the Longhorn Network. So RIP to that stuff that nobody can see. Um, you could get it through ESPN+. Plus. Can you? Yeah. Oh, shoot. Okay, well, damn. Okay, well, I guess it's a mo- um, moot point now, but it's not showing anything new on there anymore. But um, the uh, backyard brawl, was very backyard brawly. Uh, West Virginia ended up uh, covering that, and I was on the side of Pitt at the time. It was a pick 'em, and then it went to West Virginia as a three-point favorite as we were picking them. I still took Pitt, and I was definitely wrong on that. And then Duke blew out Northwestern. They were a 19-point favorite, and Duke won big, big, like much more than that. So Duke is a good team, not just a basketball school. You know, shout out uh, Kansas and Kentucky. So, yeah, um, combined record, we are um, 32 and 23. So could be doing better. could be doing worse. Yeah. Don't yeah, I was. Oh, I, I was going to say I was I was four and five last week, 15 and 10 overall. So. Yeah, fade us. Not yet. Um, Not yet. One thing we learned last week, never bet on a Mizzou game. No. 
God, no. No. Um, Quick, nothing finer moment of the week. I've actually got two this week just because Kelsey actually saw something on TikTok and sent it to me just a little while ago. First one, Georgia Tech at Ole Miss. Very end of the game. Ole Miss defensive back. Honestly, looks like he dislocated his shoulder with like a minute left covering a wide receiver. Georgia Tech trainer was in like three feet away from him when it happened and immediately ran over and started trying to help him while the Ole Miss guys were trying to get across the field. Love that. Your team's getting the absolute crap beat out of them, and you're still trying to help one of their opposing players. I have no hate in my heart for Georgia Tech at this point, but I'd love to see that. Mm -hmm. Good people doing good things. And um, for the other side of it, you know, we always said good people doing good things or people being drunk obnoxious assholes. And the second one is very much the other. Um, Apparently, this might not be news to anyone else. West Virginia, when they sing Sweet Caroline, instead of bum, 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 the entire stadium yells eat shit pit. Oh, that's awesome. And when they go so good, so good, so good, they yell, eat shit, eat shit, eat shit. (laughs) So, and that's like, that's an all the time thing. Not just when they're playing pit. So, Mm. all for it. Absolutely all for it. It is a shame that that game is not played every year because it absolutely should be. Mm -hmm. It needs to be. Yeah. Um, All right, guys. As always, Instagram at nothing.finder.pod, Twitter at finderpod, Facebook and YouTube. Just search us there and make sure it's got our logo. Rate and review the show five stars. Send us a screenshot. We will send you a sticker. Um, hmm. Is there anything I'm missing? Uh, so the uh, next episode, um, we're going to be recording it Thursday night instead of Wednesday nights. 830. Uh, uh, yeah, look for that Friday morning. So a little bit later, but I think I think we both uh, believe it's going to be well worth it. So yes, uh, be on the lookout for that. So yeah, nothing happened if, having, if you don't see anything in your feed Wednesday night. The guest we're having should have a ton of insight into uh, one of the biggest games of this weekend. Really excited to have him on. Mm-hmm. But as always, guys, remember there is nothing finer in the land than a drunk, obnoxious Georgia fan.